Hallelujah. Come on, let's give God a hand praise. Come on, make some noise. Make some noise. Make some noise. I was telling them yesterday at the prophetic training that y'all, you don't understand how much Satan is against you and how much your praise ticks him off. If you knew, you would get loud. The Bible says when, I think it was the Philistines, they came into the camp and they was getting ready to attack the children of Israel, but they heard their praise. When they heard their praise, they got afraid. Why? Because the devil was afraid of confidence. He wants you to be quiet and muffled. That's how he wants you to be. So when I say give God a hand praise, give him a hand praise. Shake hell. In your private time, you got to shake hell. You can't be sitting up there, devil, leave me alone. <laughs> Stop it, devil. <laughs> Stop that, devil. You're being mean to me, devil. Give God a hand praise, can we? Come on. There we go. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You may be seated. You may be seated. Y'all know we can be petty. Am I right? When you talk, when you, towards Satan, that's the time to be real petty. <laughs> that's the time to be petty. You know how it is. You just want to make the person mad. You just want to make them mad. You know, you just do everything you can to show them I don't care what you think. I don't care. Y'all, come on now. Stop playing. But you got the right to do it with Satan. See, he tricks us because he gets us to do it with our brothers and sisters. He gets you to do it with your siblings, with your spouse, with your children. But then when it comes to him attacking you, you fold like a wallet. All right. Okay, we're going to shift winds on the day. Uh, we just got out of the orphans, uh, the um, sonship series, and we're going to go right into the uh, orphan spirit series. Uh, the difference between this series and that series is the orphan, I mean, the uh, sonship series was about you maturing. Okay, it was, about, it was all about you maturing. It was all about us attacking your soul, taking you through the steps and the stages of sonship to bring you to a mature place. But on the other hand, the orphan spirit is about healing you. All right, it's about healing wounds. It's about you understanding that God is your father and that the process that had to take place was he had to pull you out of the orphanage or pull you out of the world. And now that he has pulled you out the world, he has to heal all those things that you have been through in order to bring you up to a place where you feel comfortable walking, talking, acting and responding like his child. The Bible says, don't lose your, your confidence. It is a recompense of your reward. Satan is going to always attack your confidence. He's going to attack your confidence. So on today, our title for today, our title for our message on today is the origin of the orphan spirit.
the origin of the orphan spirit. Before I can teach you about the orphan spirit, I have to teach you about the origin of it. Just like in te teaching scriptural truths, you have to understand that the Bible, the entire Bible, if you do not see it through the lenses of God as a father, you end up missing it. The Bible is not about Jesus. I know that's gonna go, that ain't going to go over well. That's not what the Bible is about. If it was, Jesus would have appeared in Genesis. <laughs> All right. It was about him being a father to you. Jesus appeared in, in uh, Matthew because now it was time for redemption. And it's hard to get the church to see and even more uh, uh, religious people to see that the father is not about the law. He's about love. Okay. The father is not about, he did not ask you to come be a part of his family so you can work for him. Amen. He didn't ask you to be a part of his family so you can just come and work for him. So you can just come in here every day and just lift your hands and tell him how great he is. That's not what you signed up for. You signed up to be a child. You signed up to have a parent. You signed up for an everlasting relationship, abundant life. This is not your plan. This is his plan. He wants to be your parent. He wants you to be the child. But we miss it a lot because we want to be soldiers in the army of the Lord. <laughs> we want to be prayer warriors. How are you going to be a prayer warrior? How are you going to intercede for somebody when you don't understand who you are? That ain't going to go over well. Okay, amen. Somebody say amen. amen. All right. So we're going to talk about the origin of the orphan spirit. I got a lot of scripture, so we're going to move through this thing fast. But this is probably going to be about, I don't know, about eight messages. I like to teach until you digest it. I don't want to start something and then move to something else. And you have no, you haven't digested that yet. Did you digest sonship? Did you? <laughs> Okay, so the orphan spirit is an ancient spirit released on mankind through satanic agenda. Satan is the origin of the orphan spirit. It is an ancient spirit, all right? It is as old as earth. And the agenda of it is to affect mankind. The orphan spirit has one assignment. It has an assignment from hell to separate the children from the father. This is the perfect. The purpose of the orphan spirit is to separate the children from the father. That's why at the end of Malachi, he said, if we don't bring the union of this relationship back together, he said, I am going to have to smite the land with a curse. If I don't turn the hearts of the children back to the father and the heart of the father back to the children, he said, I am going to have to come and smite this land with a curse. This land, this earth is no good without this relationship. Your life is no good without this relationship.
The agenda of the orphan spirit is to destroy relationships. That is the agenda. It is to destroy relationships. First relationship destroyed was Satan destroyed his relationship with God. He destroyed his relationship with our father. He lost his place in the Godhead. So the next thing he did was destroy the relationship between Adam and the father. And that's how we got here. Immediately after he destroyed that relationship, the next relationship he destroyed was Cain and Abel. <laughs> and on and on and on and on and on and on until we get to your family. And you can see them, can't you? That's one thing that this is going to do. Two things that this uh, series is going to do. One is going to heal you. Two is going to inform you. You're going to know about that spirit. Can you feel the Holy Spirit when it's resting upon you and it's time to do great works for God? Can you feel the Holy Spirit upon you when it is time to do the work of God? Can you feel the Holy Spirit upon you, talking to you, speaking to you, pouring on you? Can you hear it? Can you feel it? Huh? Well, you should be able to feel Satan too. See, we grew up, we were born in sin, so we were used to his spirit. Satan presence is the normal presence for society. It's the normal presence. We carried that presence, then one day we showed up at church and felt a different presence. So we like, okay, we like this presence a little bit more. So we came back in the church, and then now we familiar with that presence, now we got this presence, but we never lost the familiarity with the other presence. And so that's why the Bible tells us don't be lukewarm. What presence you going to follow? Don't be lukewarm because I'll spit you out my mouth. I need you to either follow me or follow him. Just make up your mind. That's all I need you to do. So, now, we all have the orphan spirit to some capacity. All right? We all have it. We all have the orphan spirit to some capacity. As we grow, as we learn more about it, we lose it, but it's always subject to come back, just like the flesh. The orphan spirit can be resurrected. The proof of you having the orphan spirit, because some people are gonna say they don't have it. <laughs> some people are gonna act like they don't have the orphan spirit. But this is the proof, all right? of you having the orphan spirit is that you did not grow up in heaven. All right? That's the proof that you have the orphan spirit. You did not grow up in the father's household. That's why he had to send a son to show you. He had to send somebody that grew up in his household to show you what this looks like. That's why I try to tell people because we're very, the, the church is very Holy Spirit heavy. But God didn't love the world so much that he gave the Holy Spirit. His agenda was not to get you to act like the Holy Spirit. His agenda was to get you to act like his son. God so loved the word that he gave, 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 law of harvest. Gave. He planted the seed that he wanted to harvest. 
If he would have said he so loved the world that he gave angels, then that would have meant that he wanted us to be angels. Far from that too, right? (laughs) So our first scripture on the day, and we have quite a few scriptures, but it's going to make sense and you're going to be informed and we're going to walk away from this thing with an understanding. So our first set of scriptures is going to come from the book of Isaiah, chapter 14. And for my note takers, we'll do 12 through 19. Y'all ready for this? That's right. what I'm talking about. She used to only say it when she was fighting. <laughs> That's growth. <laughs> Let's go. What y'all want to do? That's And it reads, verse 12 reads, shining morning star. This is talking about Satan. Let me give you the backstory of this. This is talking about Satan, all right? He was Lucifer, and then he decided he wanted to be something that he was not supposed to be and take over the Father's kingdom, and this is what these scriptures are talking about. It says, shining morning star, referring to Lucifer, how you have fallen from the heavens. You destroyer of the nations, you have been cut down to the ground. You said to yourself, he didn't say it to him. (laughs) You said to yourself, I will ascend to the heavens. I will set up my throne above the stars of God. Now, this, this is the orphan spirit. It happens right in ministry. The pastor holding the mic and you got a plan. I will ascend my ministry up. <laughs> Whatever. I will set up my throne above the stars of God. I will sit on the mount of the God's assembly in the remotest parts of the north. Verse 14, I will ascend above the highest clouds. I will make myself like the most high. Now, the thing about it is, he was not created in the image and the likeness, so he didn't have permission to do that. So in order for him to make himself like the most high, he had to overthrow the most high. The father gave us permission to be like him, and that's why Satan's mad. Because the Bible says when he bought the firstborn before the angels, he said, worship him. This is my child. Worship him. And Satan said, no. We're, I'm supposed to be the one that is your son. So what I'm going to do, since I don't like your decision making, come on now, kids. I'm going to ascend myself. I'm going to make myself the parent. I'm going to make myself the leader. I will ascend myself. I will make myself. All right. Verse 15. But you will be brought down to Sheol into the deepest regions of the pit. Now, he had a glorious assignment. He was with the Father, 
and he made a decision that that wasn't good enough for him. That's why he went from Lucifer to Satan. He went to from shiny morning star to Satan, the opposer. That's what Satan means. It means opposition. It means he wants to bring us down at all times to his position. The scripture said, you have fallen from heaven. You have been cut down to the ground. You have been brought down to Sheol. And what Sheol is, it is the place of the dead. It says, into the deepest regions of the pit. So you have been, you were, you were up here with us in the heavens. You were part of the Godhead. You made a mistake of thinking that you were going to run the Godhead and got kicked out the whole entire family, kicked out of heaven and thrown down to earth. So his whole agenda now is, is to get you to live from earth and not from heaven. That's why the Bible tells you, do not set your mind on earthly things. That's Satan. That's as far as he can go. But set your mind on heavenly things. Y'all be funny how y'all look at me sometimes. <laughs> so, Satan wants to, watch this. He wants to destroy your position. The Bible lets you know that you are seated in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. He lets us know this is your position. He always wants to get you to live from his position. The Holy Spirit has been speaking bold things to me to say, and I've been a little frightened to do it because I don't like to rock the boat sometimes. But this statement was so bold. When he told me the first statement, he told me, he, he asked me a question. He said, if you don't know God as a father, do you know God? And the answer is absolutely no, you don't. You know somebody that exists, but you don't know him. His heart is as a father. His agenda is as a father. If you don't know him as a father, then you don't know him. You know him as far as saying he exists. But the, what we want the intimate relationship, am I right? We want the fellowship. And so that was a bold statement that he wanted me to make to get in your mind how you need to know him. Now, this next statement was, if people really say they know Jesus, and they really say they know the Lord, why come here and introduce him to his father? Let me say it again. If people say they know the Lord, then why hasn't the Lord introduced him, them, to his father? If we say we know everybody Christian, right? Everybody know Jesus. Everybody saved. If you really know Jesus, why hasn't he introduced you to his father? I'm talking about all the church in general. Period. The body of Christ. This ain't a statement just, you know, making us look good. No, this is a statement to the entire body of Christ. If you really know Jesus, why hasn't he introduced you to his father? This ain't revelation. It's right here in the book. Everything I'm teaching is right here. It's not like I brought a secret Bible in here. I didn't bring a Bible in here that I can only decode. If you say you know Jesus, why hasn't he introduced you to his father? Why hasn't he told you stop singing songs to me? <laughs> why hasn't he told you don't worship me? My father said worship him in spirit and truth. If we really know Jesus, because the spirit of religion sounds like him. It's to keep you on track, but not intimate with him. It's to keep you in church clapping your hands, but there's no personal relationship. 
you happy as long as you're here. But when you leave, there's no change. The whole purpose of this is to get you to know the Father so that when you leave here, you're with him forever. This is the eternal relationship. He's at your house. You bring your presence in here. The presence ain't here. It's in you. The presence can be glaring. It can fill this room. It can pack this room and you not feel nothing. It's what's in you. You should feel the presence riding down the street in the car. You should feel it when you wake up in the morning. You should feel it when you're in the bathtub, when you're in the shower, when you're at work. The presence should be there just like it is in a church service. <laughs> Why is we hunting for the, for the uh, presence? I'm going to show you. Y'all know I always ask questions that I got to answer for, right? It's a setup. Verse 16. Those who see you, because what, he wants us to live from his position, right? Those who see you will stare at you. They will look closely at you. Is this the man who caused the earth to tremble? Now, we're talking about the orphan spirit. Because the orphan spirit loves to disturb stuff. It loves to make people afraid of him. It loves to present fear. The Father wants you to approach his throne of grace with boldness and confidence. Satan wants you to come to him scared. He's doing a good job. Is this the man who caused the earth to tremble? Who shook the kingdoms? Who turned the world into a wilderness? We're supposed to be children of the kingdom. We're supposed to be blessed. We're supposed to walk in all this authority and power, and he's shook the entire kingdom. No. Who turned the world into a wilderness, who destroyed its cities and would not release prisoners to return home. This is all spiritual. This is what the orphan does. The orphan loves to make things tremble. It shakes up kingdoms. It tears down and breaks households. It tears down men. It tears down women. This is what the orphan spirit does. It loves to make you feel like you're nothing. You can pray for 10 hours in the spirit and Satan will be like, you didn't do 12. <laughs> you ain't strong enough to do 11. He always makes you feel uncomfortable. That's why I tell you, he is not the opposite of our father. He is not the opposite of us. He is not the opposite of Christ. He's the opposite of angels. He is the opposite of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the spirit of, is the comforter. He's the uncomforter. <laughs> he loves to keep you uncomfortable. He loves it. He's always whispering something in your ear to make you feel like the father don't love you. Somebody don't like you. Come on, we hear that all the time. They talking about us. <laughs> they don't need me. He wants you to stay mad. And what I have to do is I have to alert you and give you an understanding of that presence so when it comes upon you, you can reject it. Because we got our power and our authority from where? Our father. He thought it and got kicked out. Let me say that again. We get our power and our authority from our father. He thought the wrong way and got kicked out. Soon as he presented to you, you can kick him out. You can cast him down. One 
act of faith removed you from one kingdom to the next? Why do you sit in anger all day, in depression all day? All you got to do is know who you are, but he don't want you to. The Bible says rejoice in the Lord. And I say again, rejoice in the Lord. Satan said, don't rejoice. Don't have no joy. I need you depressed. And when you oblige, you enter into his worship. And sometimes we stay there for weeks. Anger, his worship. He presents a destructive nature. Destructive nature. Hurt people. This is the origin of it. Him. He thought a certain way, got his little feelings hurt. So now he want to hurt y'all. This is the only way he can get to God. The only way he can get at the Father is through you. Jesus made an open shame. Jesus defeated the works. Jesus said, all power has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Satan didn't argue with him. (laughs) Satan knows it. He can't say anything about it. You don't know it. All power has been given to him and you're joint heirs. So you have the power to say, shut up. He told Jesus, fall down and worship me. I give you all this. Nuh-uh. You only worship my father. What are you talking about? (laughs) You only worship God and you will worship no one else. Your kingdom is only designed to help my children grow up. When we done with it, you're done. He's not a king. He's a prince. He don't have a kingdom. He doesn't have any authority. He knows he's on borrowed time. He has this destructive nature. Hurt people, hurt people. So what happens is he'll hurt a person over here, hurt a person over here. They'll get together and just hurt one another as if that's normal. That's some people's normal life. Hurt, pain. Some people have never felt love. Some people have never felt love, especially parental love. I told Kirby one day, I said, bro, I do I would give my entire life to feel how you feel having two parents stand for you and love you and walk you through life and be there for you. I don't know how that feel. Some feelings you just, you don't have them. And you know what he do? He know that. So he play on that. He plays on your orphan experience. They said that to you. So every time you see them, all you remember is what they said. He keeps reminding you. You at home, they 2,000 miles away, and he keeps just reminding you. Remember what they said? Remember what they said? Remember what they said? And you feed right into it. You, you feed right into it, and you start having a conversation. And then the next thing you know, you're shooting them. This all happened in your head. You didn't stab them. <laughs> Cut them up, hid their body in the park. You didn't have the hope. This is how he does it. You think a serial killer just, you think he freestyling? (laughs) You think serial killer just walk out, oh, look. (laughs) 
kill them, cut them up, and just do it. That's not a, that's a plan. Just how your father could tell you, you are a prophet. I'm going to use you like this. Satan can tell you, I'm going to use you like this, and you can oblige. What does it profit a man to gain the whole world but lose his soul? The, you lived your whole life allowing Satan to raise you. You lived your whole life angry, bitter, worshiping Satan. You got to cut it out. You got to turn it off. You have the authority. You have the power. You have to turn it off. He speak loud. Verse 18. You got this destructive nature. Verse 18. It says, all the kings of the nation lie in splendor, each in his tomb. So he's deceiving kings, people who are supposed to be rulers, people who are supposed to have the power and authority of God. The Bible says he's deceiving them to the point where it says all the kings of the nation lie in splendor. So there's a reformation that took place. OK, but there's no real change. So he's he's having people to think that the external man is important than the internal is more important than the internal man. So when it talks about all the kings lying in splendor, it's letting us know that we live a life accumulating stuff. Accumulating objects, houses, cars. We have all this stuff and you die with it. That's why it says all the kings of the nation lie in splendor, each in his own tomb. This is what Satan's doing. He'll give you, he'll give you everything that you think you want, but in the end, you don't see that you've missed out on everything that you're supposed to have. And it's nothing but, it's a little money. <laughs> a little car. He'll make you think you're doing something. He'll give you a job just enough to keep you comfortable to where you will not search for your destiny. Just enough to say, you may, I'm doing good. No, mm -mm. that's not your purpose. That's not your destiny. He loved to sit and then you die. Like Miles Monroe said, Curry brought it up yesterday. He said the cemetery is the richest place in the world. All type of purpose, all type of destinies, books, music, movies. Went to the, went to the grave with you. You never got to do anything the father accomplished you. Satan tricked you out your whole destiny. Having you upset, mad, bitter, unforgiving, having you chasing money, chasing people. I'll be here all day. Let me keep going. I, verse 19. But you are thrown out without a grave, meaning I threw you out of heaven, but you're going you're gonna to die eternally. <laughs> Y'all father mean. I'm just saying. Like a worthless branch covered by those slain with sores and dumped into a rocky pit with trampled corpse. Y'all hearing this? He's describing his life. His life is like he's at the bottom of a pit and murdered, soul, murdered bodies have been thrown on top of him. Say he's covered in this. And just the way the Holy Spirit tried to cover you with the life of the Father, this is what he gives you. He comes to give you death. All he can give you is what he got. The orphan spirit wants us to live eternally disconnected from the Father. 
like a worthless branch. That's why the Bible lets us know you are connected to the true vine. You are connected to the true vine. You can do nothing without me. Stay connected to me. Abide in me. Don't leave. Don't disconnect yourself from the branch. Because when you disconnect yourself to the branch, you align yourself with Satan. And you dry up and men gather you and do whatever they want to do with your life. Genesis chapter 3, and we're going to do verses 1 through 19. Yeah, 1 through 19. We're going to watch Satan trick our first parents. Now, this is him unleashing the orphan spirit. This is the site of the orphan spirit, the origin of the, earth, of the orphan spirit first in the planet to our first parents. It says, now the serpent was more crafty than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. Let me stop for a second. It lets us know that Satan is crafty. But then Paul told us that we are not ignorant of his devices. So now the medium in that is this. You are ignorant if, when you're disconnected. You are ignorant when you are disconnected. When you get in the flesh, you get ignorant to spiritual things. You're totally ignorant to spiritual things when you're in your flesh. So as long as you stay in the spirit, because the Bible tells you to live in the spirit, to walk in the spirit, the reason it's telling you that because it lets us know that the flesh is worn against the spirit and the spirit is against the flesh. Because the moment you are in the flesh, you are under the rule of Satan. So now the serpent was more crafty than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, indeed, has God said you shall not eat from any tree in the garden? Now, we're going to go back through this. There's so much information in this. She shouldn't even be talking to him, but it is what it is. The woman said to the serpent, from the fruit of the trees of the garden, we may eat. But from the fruit of the tree, which is in the middle of the garden, God said you shall not eat from it or touch it or you would die. Now, the way that this went was the father told Adam, he said, all these other trees you can eat from, but do not eat from this tree of the knowledge of good and evil. From the day you eat it, you will surely die. Not a physical death, but a spiritual death. This tree will disconnect me from you. This, I mean, this tree will disconnect you from me. If you eat from this tree, it will disconnect you from me. You can eat from any other tree. Just don't eat from this tree because this tree would disconnect you from me. Now, she said, she said it like this. He said, don't touch it or eat from it. Now, when God gave Adam that plan, the next scripture was when he created Eve. So she wasn't there when, she, when the instruction was given. So Adam had to tell her, girl, look, don't eat it or touch it. <laughs> well, women, come on, stop. It's just, it's the book. All right? I y'all look like, mm, okay, whatever. <laughs> Adam told her, look, don't, eat, don't even touch it. He told Adam, don't eat from the tree. He told her, don't touch it or eat it. I, it look, this stuff is in the Bible for a reason. 
Yes, this is all marriage. This is marriage. Don't do that. Next thing you know. <laughs> all right. You said we in counseling. Right. <laughs> but he told her. He, she said, you shall not eat from the tree or touch it or you will die. Now, she heard the instructions, right? She heard the instructions loud and clear. Verse 4, the serpent said to the woman, you surely would not die, Satan, the opposer. The father said you're going to die. Satan comes and tells you you won't die if you do it. The opposition, the opposer. Satan means the opposer. Devil means the accuser. This is disobedience by deception. This is how he gets us to do things. He never tells a man, be a, be a homosexual. He never tells him. He convinces him to agree, agree, it's okay, there's nothing wrong with that. That's how adultery happens. He gives you a reason. <laughs> well, she ain't doing this. She ain't doing that. He ain't doing this. He ain't gave you no attention. He Stop playing. Y'all know what I'm talking about. You hear him loud and clear. <laughs> he gives you every reason to go against your father. You have to hear that spirit because the other spirit, the Holy Spirit, is telling you to do what your father says. And every moment of your life, you are standing between two trees. Life or the knowledge of good and evil. And your father said, don't eat from that tree. Be led by the spirit. Don't be led by your emotions, your feelings. Don't be led by what people say about you. Be led by the spirit. Hear me. He who has an ear, let them hear what the spirit is saying to the church. Hear. If he's telling you to hear him, then there's a chance there's somebody else talking. There's other voices. Strange voices. He said, my sheep hear my voice. My sheep hear my voice. And another voice, they won't even respond to it. That's why this is important because you are growing up. You are growing up from being Satan's sheep to being his sheep. And so you have to lose that voice and start to hear his voice. That's why I told you, every time you come to church, something's activated, something's turned on. Every time you pray in tongues, every time you listen to the Bible, Read the Bible. Study the scriptures. Every time you do these things, you activate something. A different voice. Why don't Satan want you in the word? He don't want you with another voice. He doesn't want you to have a secondary voice. He wants to be the primary voice in your head at all times, ruling your life until you are just like him. Tossed from heaven in the pits of Sheol, living in darkness. That is his agenda. And I'm going to prove it. Verse 5, for God knows that in the day you eat from it, your eyes will be open and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. Now, that's the tree he said don't eat from. She was already like God. But this is what the orphan spirit does. It makes you feel like you're missing something. He's keeping something from me. 
He ain't let me in on a secret. Satan always tries to keep you like that. Satan having an orphan spirit from being booted out of heaven for his pride is always trying to convince God's children that he is keeping something from them. You know how it is. You tell a child not to do something. You put a child in the room and say, you can do everything in this room, but don't go in that door. It's, it's natural, ain't it? What you going to do? Yeah, I got you in here. Now you going to open that door, ain't you? I know. She's not lying. She, she's not lying. That, that's, that's me. <laughs> I need to know. We do it all the time. You can look at anything but this. Boy, y'all should have seen y'all face. Jesus. <laughs> you can watch anything. Just don't put this in your eyes. I'm going to look over here. You can listen to anything, just don't listen to this. Y'all hear me? <laughs> All right. He comes to destroy the relationship by shifting our focus from being disobedient to being obedient to disobedient. He always finds a way. You get up, you ready to go to church. This is the reason why you shouldn't go today. <laughs> I'm going to give you a line of reasons why you should not show up at church. But you don't get them saying reason what time to go to work. Unless you're in your destiny. All right. Verse 6. When the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was delight to the eyes and the tree was desirable to make one wise, she took from the fruit and ate and she gave also to her husband. Now, she's received instructions parentally and maritally. Don't do this. She received two set of instructions. Don't do this. Well, how did she get to the place where now she saw that the tree was good for food? He, he shifts your focus. What the father said don't do all of a sudden look good to do. He said no sex until marriage. <laughs> I failed the test. Don't, don't, I can preach about it. Come on. He said that. And then we saw something. <laughs> that looked good. <laughs> All right, we tracking. <laughs> we saw something that, okay, we're going to use the tree. <laughs> the, wim the woman saw that the tree was good for food. And that it was a delight to the eyes. You ever seen something that was a delight to your eyes? I married mine. Uh. All right, here we go. And that the tree was desirable to make one wise. Well, he said that, it was, that you would die if you ate it. How did she go from death to this going to give me wisdom? 
The orphan spirit. Then it says she took the fruit and ate it. So she could have took the fruit and not ate it. <laughs> she took the fruit and then ate it. But she didn't do that. She gave her leader some. All right, I ain't going no further than that. She gave also to her husband with her and he ate. Verse seven, then the eyes of both of them were open and they knew that they were naked and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves loin coverings. So both of their eyes were open to the orphanage and now was close to being at home with the father. That was the death. They ate from the fruit and instantly they were in an orphanage. Hmm. Watch this. Jesus. Verse 8. They heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. The man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord amongst the trees in the garden. Hold on. Why are they hiding? Why are they hiding themselves? Because their eyes are now open. At the moment that they ate their fruit, they became orphans. Now they're hiding themselves from the presence of their father, who is nothing but love. That's what orphan spirit does. It gets you, it, it prevents you from seeing the love and makes you see fear. He hid himself, themselves from the presence of the Lord amongst the trees in the garden. They were hiding from love because now they are orphans. So this is what's going on when we enter into relationships. Watch this. And we don't want to be vulnerable. Because the orphan spirit makes us hide from love. The orphan spirit, it destroys relationships. Anytime you fall, you find love, you find a way to destroy it. You find a way to run it in the ground. It doesn't know what to do with love. God is love. So the presence that was in the garden was nothing but love. But they didn't feel it. If God walked in this room right now, you think we feel it? Come on. You think we feel it if God himself walked in this room right now? You, do you think we will feel it? Not if you was an orphan. You only feel it as children. Orphans feel God. Children feel a father. Orphans feel a ruler, a terrorist, a dominator. They feel abused. They feel like they're going to get abused. That's why they hid themselves. Huh. Verse 9. Then the Lord God called to the man and said, where are you? He wasn't talking about location. He's talking about identity. 
He's not talking about location. He know they're in the garden. He's talking about identity. Where are you? My child was here a couple seconds ago. Then when I came back, an orphan was here. Where are you? That's what you have to ask yourself. Where are you? That's what he wants to know. He wants to know from the church, where are you? Are you an orphan or are you a child? Is your heart rooted and grounded in my love or are you fearful of me? You don't trust me. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will. See, we think we can just do that. No, you have to lose the orphan spirit first. It's hard for an orphan to love. Why? Because the love has been displaced. Typically, you, typically you are an orphan. Scripturally, you are an orphan when you have no father. Mother can be there, but if you don't have a father, you are an orphan. He didn't leave them. That's what we used to. He didn't leave them. Satan tricked them. Just like people, they come to church, he get them offended, and they leave. <laughs> we didn't leave the church. We didn't leave them. They left us. That's why John said, look, had they been with us, they would have not left. Had they been a child of God, a true child of God, understanding their privileges, understanding who they are, they would have never left. You would never leave your household if you know when you leave there what you're going to face. Most children, you know they want to hurt them get out the house, not having no idea of what's going to happen when they leave. You have no idea. <laughs> You're going to spend most of your life trying to work to maintain the life that your father, want, your parents wanted to give you. That's the church. All right. So he said, where are you? He was looking for his children. That's why Jesus said the father is seeking true worshipers. It's like we right back in the garden. Where are you? Verse 10. He said, I heard the sound, it's Adam talking, I heard the sound of you in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked. So I hid myself. Now, now all of a sudden his presence brings fear. But this is what I want y'all to get. This is what I want you to understand. This is the conception of the religious spirit and doctrine. I heard the sound of you in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked, so I hid myself. Watch this. He was afraid because he was naked, right? Is that what he said? When did God tell him it was wrong to be naked? Where did he hear that from? Where did he hear that from? There's no way in scripture where the Bible said God told him it was wrong to be naked. But now all of a sudden he feels it's wrong. That's why I told you the church invents sins. We find a reason to point out and find somebody wrong. We find a reason. We invent sin. Orphans always assume they're wrong. Orphans always assume that they have done something wrong. All right. Verse 11, and he said, 
who told you that you were naked? Who told you that you were naked? Who told you that? You know what Adam should have said? A orphan. <laughs> Who told you you were naked? A orphan. Then he went on, verse 12. No, then he said, have you eaten from the tree of which I commanded you not to eat? In other words, have you disobeyed me? Yes. How did it, how did it, watch this. Then Adam going to his spill, verse 12. The man said, the woman whom you gave me, gave to be with me, she gave to me from the tree. Blame game. It ain't never orphan fault. It ain't never orphan. It's always somebody else's fault. They did that to me. What you do? Nothing. Then you ask the person and they tell the whole story. <laughs> and you're like, oh, I see why they mad at you. But watch this. Our orphan behavior, we never look at what we do to people. We just look at people and make us feel. We just feel like we have the right to do what we want to do, when we want to do it, how we want to do it. And how the chips fall, we don't even care. But then as soon as somebody challenges you, tell you you're wrong, now all of a sudden you're in an uproar. Verse 13. It said, then the Lord God said to the woman, what is this you have done? And the woman said, the serpent deceived me and I ate. So Adam said, the woman was the reason why he did it. The woman said it was Satan. Satan said, since I can't have an abundant life, they won't either. Hmm. Verse 14. This is when the punishment, the penalties was handed out. Verse 14. The Lord God said to the serpent, because you have done this, cursed are you more than all cattle and more than every beast of the field on your belly you will go and dust you will eat all the days of your life verse 15 and i will put enmity between you and the woman and between you and her seed and, and he shall bruise you on the head and you shall bruise him on the heel now he was talking about jesus he was talking about the manifestation when jesus will come back that this is what will happen he's talking about the next generation of children because you have to understand this okay and this is going to be a shameless plug all right it's going to be a shameless plug but you have to understand this the moment the father created eve he wanted a divine generation The moment he created Eve, he wanted a divine generation. The moment he created that woman with that womb, he was saying, I want a family. So he letting Satan know that my family, my family, they're going to bruise your head. That's what you're called to do. You're called to bruise his head. Verse 16. To the woman, he said. I will greatly multiply your pain in childbirth. That's why I hurt. <laughs> That's why y'all get them cycle pains. 
Y'all know y'all getting real bad sometimes, right? Amen. I mess with my wife. I tell her, that's that, that's that evil draining. <laughs> when they're real bad, I say, you ain't been listening, huh? <laughs> I know. You got to have fun. <laughs> he said to the woman, he said, I will greatly multiply your pain in childbirth. In pain, you will bring forth children. Yet your desire will be to your husband, and he will rule over you. All because she touched that fruit and was talking to Satan. All because, watch this. It ain't a, look, I'm not, I'm not shaming women. Y'all, look, work with us. We ate it. We ate the fruit, okay? <laughs> Come on now. We was in charge. It ain't no, we ain't shaming nobody in here, okay? But this is the thing, is the father knows his children, he knows his children, and he knows when it comes to women that Satan plays on your emotions. He knows Satan plays on your emotions. And women are 99% emotion and 1% masculinity. Men are 90% masculinity and probably 10% emotions. So he says, when it comes to the leadership, I have to put masculinity in charge and not emotions. But we need emotions because if not, the masculinity will run everything into the ground. So the balance is there. We need both. I tried to clean it up. All right, come on. <laughs> Verse 17. Then to Adam he said, because you have listened to the voice of your wife and have eaten from the tree which I commanded you, saying, you shall not eat from it. Why did Adam get cursed? Whatever. You better listen. Um, you better listen. This ain't no, I'm not, this ain't, look, this is real. You got cursed for listening to your wife. The father talks to the husband. <laughs> he can speak to the wife. Ain't nothing wrong with that. But the wife is never supposed to lead the husband. When you do, you get in trouble because the father wants to speak to the son. Why? That's why when, when, when you get married, you come under his name. He didn't come under your name. You come under his name. He has the order. That it's a safety there. It's a safety there. And so he told Adam, you in trouble because you know what I told you to do. And I know she fine. I know you've been watching her walk in the garden. <laughs> I know you have. I know she. Come on. God did his thing when he did. Come on. Y'all better stop playing. That's a billion dollar, y'all, women, your body is a billion dollar business. What are you talking about? <laughs> yup, men are, boy, <laughs> y'all been taking out men since the, <laughs> this ain't the first time this happened, it ain't the last. It's happening right now. <laughs> Some brother supposed to be right here <laughs> in church. <laughs> <laughs> verse 17 then to Adam he said because you have listened to the voice of your wife and have eaten from the tree which I commanded you saying you should not eat cursed is the ground because of you so we work in these nine to five because the man ate the fruit not because she gave it to him 
because he ate it. That's going to always be the agenda of Satan. He's going to get a wife some and then try to bring it to He's going to make you mad to make him mad. Wife, you better watch it. He's going to try to get you to he's going to try to get you to cut the supply off so the man can look somewhere else. He know what he's doing. <laughs> he's trying to get y'all to argue back and forth so you will stop thinking about each other and think about somebody else. He's very clever. And all the look, look, me and my wife can be together walking, and all he need, it could be a woman walk by. And he'll tell her, he looking at her the whole day over. <laughs> Y'all playing? Like, am I real? Am I being real about this? You're ready to go back home. <laughs> Now y'all arguing all the way back home. Now y'all get home, you just slam the door, boom, boom, boom. And then, all because Satan said, he looking at that woman. He know what to do. Or with, with the men, he get us. Boy, I want to tell your story so <laughs> I tell my story. My little brother. When he was 10, he would, him and my mother went to the store, and she had just got married. She went to the store, and he was like 10 years old, and they went to the store, and then they came back home, and he walks in the door. Yeah, mama, who was that man you was talking to? <laughs> now, you know husband, like, who, what, 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 what man? <laughs> But he can use kids. He got her like that. Got older like that. Went home. Can I say, I'm good? Okay. Went home and said, talking about some AD did something for her. Her husband like, what? AD did what? AD had nothing. AD didn't, didn't do nothing. He just said it out of his mouth. He didn't do it. Satan can use kids. And now, now he probably right now at home thinking, is she at church talking to AD? <laughs> What they do after church? She should have been here by now. <laughs> this is what he does to you. You sitting at home, you worrying about stuff you ain't even be worried about. Orphaned. You have been orphaned. <laughs> We're going to do a show. <laughs> Y'all ain't listen to Steve Harvey Morty show? When they be doing them things about cheating, and they be on there, oh, you blah, 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 blah. The woman be, be cussing. I know she ain't doing this. They had one where the uh, 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 nephew, nephew Tommy called the woman, and it was a prank, and said, you know, uh, he, like he was uh, working at a hotel. And he said, called the woman like, can y'all please stop making all that noise in the room? And she like, what do you mean? I'm at home. Oh. <laughs> well, your husband and somebody upstairs in this room making a whole lot of noise. The woman is, where you at? What hotel you work at? Two minutes later, we pranked you. She didn't cuss this man out. She's going to leave him. He ain't no good. He ain't nothing anyway. He didn't say all this. And then at the end, he said, oh, we were just joking. Whole heart came out. They did one by the preacher. And he was cussing. He called the man and said, look, you owe us back ties. It was, it was terribly funny. All right. He said, you owe us back ties. 
And so he said, man, what, what you mean you calling me because I ain't paid tithes? He said, yeah, you owe the church. You ain't been out for, what, 10 months? And you was bringing in, what, $70 a month? You owe us at least $700. And, and the man was like, you calling me for this blip, 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 blip? I don't want to come back to the church anyway. Pastor came preaching. He always got his eyes on the young girls. <laughs> a minute later, we pranking you. Oh, man, I can't even go back to the church if I wanted to now. <laughs> Satan will get you. He will, Satan will prank you. Have you thinking all of this happened and none of it happened? It was all fake. It was false. It was made up. But it was enough to get your emotions to a place where you would like him. He's the king of it. I need you aware of that. You have to be aware of this. Because we can't go higher if he's always disrupting stuff. All right, let's keep it moving. He says, curse is the ground because of you. In toil, you will eat of it all the days of your life. Both thorns and thistles, it shall grow for you and you will eat the plants of the field. By the sweat of your face, you will eat bread till you return to the ground because you have because from it you are taken, for you are dust, and dust you shall return to. This is how the orphan spirit removed us from the father's home. This is why we are in this situation right now. That's why he said, if we don't bring the, if he doesn't bring his, our heart back to him, this is our state forever. This is not your destiny. This is because he failed. This is death. The orphan spirit brings death. Disconnection from your father. We're supposed to be living from his abundance. Jesus said the devil comes to do what? Get loud. He come to do what? But he came that you may have and have it more. So he came that you may have abundant life. He came to steal, kill, and destroy. Now, he wants you to have abundant life. He came to steal, kill, and destroy. So if you don't have your abundant life, he's killing, he's stealing, and he's destroying. How does he do it? Your mind. Your heart. Your orphan experiences. That's how he does it. If you don't have your abundant life, it's because he's killing, he's stealing, and he's destroying. And he's doing it in your soul. It's in your mind, it's in your heart, it's in your relationships. Luke, chapter 10, verse 17 through 20. It's the last set of scriptures. It says, the 72 returned with joy, saying, Lord, even the demons submit to your name. So he sent them out to do ministry, two by two. They came back, 72 of them returned, all of them with the same testimony. 72 returned, right? All with the same testimony. Lord, 
even the demons submit to your name. Look what he says in 18. He said to them, I watched Satan fall from heaven like lightning. I watched him. I seen it myself. I watched him. He said it was like lightning. How was it? Like, turn it on and off. Turn the light switch on and off for me. Just turn it on and off like lightning. Be gone. Be gone. That, that quick. He, saw, he watched him fall like lightning. Quick. Submit yourself to God. Resist the devil. And he will flee like lightning. He don't want you to raise your level of spiritual awareness up because the higher your spiritual awareness is, the quicker he has to leave. The lower your spiritual awareness, he sits around. Because you don't want him there, but you still agree with him. Amen? You don't want him there, but you still agree with him. You don't want Satan in your ear, but you still hate the person. <laughs> then he says, look, I have given you authority to tramp, trample over snakes and scorpions. Two of the most venomous things. I have given you authority. I didn't give you power. Power different from authority. All right. Like with a police officer, the badge is authority. The gun is power. You're supposed to use the gun when the badge don't work. He's telling you, you don't need to use the gun. Just show the badge. I gave you authority over all scorpions, venomous. Over all snakes, venomous. So the, the most venomous things in this planet, he said, I'm giving you authority over it. Then he said, and over all the powers of the enemy. Nothing at all will harm you. However, don't rejoice this spirit submit to you. That's crazy, ain't it? That's hard. <laughs> don't rejoice at that. But rejoice that your names are written in heaven. Rejoice at the fact that you are a child of God. Rejoice at the fact that you are seated in heavenly places. That's why I told you guys last week, praise is the weapon. I heard it for a long time, but I didn't really understand it because the way they did it. Okay. Praise is not telling Jesus how great he is. Praise is not singing songs to Jesus. Praise is you announcing to your soul, to the enemy and to heaven who you are. I am. Jesus said, I am the bread of life. You have to announce to yourself who you are. You have to believe it. That's why people don't like arrogant athletes, but I love them. I love an athlete who will walk in there and say, I'm the best. I like them. I like artists who say, rappers, I love the rappers that say, I'm the best. I love them. 
I don't like the ones that say, I'm all right, I'm, I'm in there somewhere. I won't listen to you. I won't listen to the best. <laughs> I don't want to listen to you if you don't think you're great. Why would I want to listen to somebody who don't believe that they're great? I want to listen to the people. When I listen to preachers, I listen to the high caliber. I don't listen to... I want to listen to the people who, push, who bring in heat, who bring in weight of glory. I don't listen to somebody come to keep talking about sin. That ain't helping me. Tell me who I am and I'll be better. Tell me what I can't do, it doesn't help me. It does not help me to give me a bunch of rules and regulations. That's why the Bible lets us know that the law didn't work. Had the law worked, we'd still be under the covenant. There's no need for a new covenant if the old one worked. He let us know that there's no way, you can't do this without me. This is how I'm going to show you. First, after Adam fell, there is no law. We mess it up. He destroyed the whole planet. <laughs> then he gives the law. We still don't obey it. So without law, we wreck the country, the world. With law, we wreck the country, he, the uh, world. So he lets us know, without, the, without me, you can't do it. With my law, you can't do it. You need a father. You need a father because the only way the orphan spirit can be taken out of you, it needs to be healed. You can't cast it out. You can't cast out the orphan spirit. It needs to be healed. It needs to be healed. You need to be in a place where you are loved, where the word is coming forth in a certain manner. You need to be in a place where people are patient with you. You don't need me to be up here announcing your orphan habits. Are you still doing that? You still committing sin? You're going to go to hell. What did that do? Did that make me better? No, it made me afraid. All you do is announce my sin. You, all you do is announce. I have people call me and tell me. They get, I got drunk. I've been, having, I've been doing this. I've been doing that. And if, the next thing I tell them is, are you still a child of God? Keep it moving. Stop and just keep it moving. Stop and just keep it moving in the right direction. Because the father knows that he pulled you out of orphanage. You don't pull a child out of the orphanage and all of a sudden they're perfect. When you pull him out the orphan, the fact that he brought up adop adoption in orphanage meant that he had some stuff he, had, he knew he had to remove. The fact that he told us that we were born again, he knew he had to raise us. Now, on the natural side, that makes sense. So, you know, on the spiritual side, come on. Jesus said it, as I close. Jesus said, I watched him fall like lightning. I watched him lose his position. I watched him, watch this, fall out of the Godhead, out of the holy family of God. Now, why is he telling you that he watched him fall? One, he's telling you that so you can know, stop listening to him. Stop listening to him. I saw him fall. He fell from his position. He fell from his position in the Godhead. I saw him fall. So if I saw him fall, I'm letting you know when he's talking, it ain't from us. It's not from us. This is not the Godhead. He fell out the Godhead. 
Don't listen to him. Don't let him influence you. That's why the Bible says, be holy. Be holy. What does it mean to be holy? Being holy means that evil can't influence you and it can't inhabit you. Be holy. Be holy. Don't let Satan influence you. Don't let him inhabit you. That's why Jesus said, Satan has nothing in me. Satan has nothing in me. There's no orphan in me. I only do what my father says. That's why we're trying to bring you to that, so you can lose the orphan. Amen? All right. Hmm. Now, y'all can come. Um, we have to have a mindset. This is the mindset, okay? Because we're all about to pray. A amen? We're all about to pray. Let me let y'all get settled. I need you to hear me. We're all about to pray. We're not going to pray for nobody today. We're not praying for nobody. We're all praying. We're all praying. Okay? But this is the mindset. I need to return home. All right? That's the mindset. The orphan spirit starts at you being disconnected from your father. The church has preached. The church has taught for years that we are trying to get ready. Watch this. We are trying to get ready to go to heaven. No, heaven is your home. But you live like an orphan if you think coming to church is to get you there. Are y'all tracking? Church is not to get you to heaven. Heaven is already your home. That's why the Bible tells us that we are citizens of heaven. Our citizenship is there. We're seated there already. But our hearts are not at home. Our hearts are not at home. We feel disconnected with the Father. We still have a faith and a belief that we, gonna, we can possibly do something wrong and he can reject us. How many of y'all really confidently feel that if you died right now, standing before the Father, did you accept it? You better. If you die right now, the heaven is for the children of God. It ain't for the children of God that lived perfect. The law consists of 700 laws. Now, how many of y'all think we can do that? We can obey all those. We can't, right? So now, if we can't obey the 700 laws, we definitely can't obey everything in heaven. It's impossible. It's impossible for us to even have an understanding of every way that the Father does it right. It's impossible. It takes years to learn the Father. You can live on this planet for 100,000 years and you still would not know him to the, to the full capacity. That's why I told you, sin, the simplest definition for sin is doing it the opposite of how heaven does it. It's not the sin that he's looking at. It's the iniquity that he's looking at. Sin is going to happen. Why? Because you're growing out of something. As you're growing out of uh, uh, being a nepios to becoming a weos, you lose things from the world, right? Okay. 
as you're losing the orphan spirit and you're growing out and you're healing from the orphan spirit, you're losing those ways that Satan has given you. And he hasn't just given it directly to you. Some of the stuff is coming through generational curses. When your family get mad, all y'all act the same. <laughs> Why is that? All y'all had the same spending habits. It's the same with relationships. It's you, you love the same. Everything's the same. Why? Because Satan has been doing this to your family. 